everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Language Lounge. Um, my name is Michelle Ola, and today we're going to talk about learning. So summertime is a time when teachers all over the U.S. are all over the world, really, are starting to unwind from the school year, maybe step back and process what happened, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And, and they really, teachers all over are taking this opportunity not just to go to the beach and, and to spend some time with their family, but also to learn. And I don't think I've ever met a group of people who thrive on learning more than teachers. And I'll be honest, I don't know if I've met a teacher who loves learning more than my guest today, Carolina Wright. Right. Um, Carolina, I, I love, first of all, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having um, me. I'd, I love in your Twitter bio that you self-describe or identify yourself as an eternal learner. Um, I just think that's that's so great. That tells me so much about you. Um, and I also loved, because I checked out your LinkedIn profile, and, and here's what you say, and I think that's great. You say, I'm obsessed with fostering lifelong learning both in and outside the classroom, whether it's through writing, presenting, creating content, or teaching. I'm always looking for ways to inspire, educate, and empower. So I thank you so much uh, for coming here today and talking with me about your journey in learning and why yes. it is important to you. So thank you so much for, for coming on here. Yes, um, thank you. It is such a privilege to be talking uh, in this podcast with so many of my mentors. Um, <laughs> like when I saw the names that you had in the podcast, I said, oh my gosh, I've learned <laughs> from these people so much. Well, but that's um, so great. Yes, it, incredible amount of knowledge and um, in this podcast. But uh, yes, I think that that you know he who he or she who dares to teach must learn. Someone said, "Yeah," um, and I and I really believe that is so true. I cannot imagine being stagnant in my learning and then trying to approach teenagers that change the language every day, that change what they like every day, that change their emotions and feelings every day. So we had to keep up. Yeah. We have to keep up with all that. And I know teaching is insanely difficult sometimes and lately has been. Like, so perhaps teachers might listen to this and say, what time? And I don't know. I mean, I don't know when you have the time. You had to make the time to learn. You had to make the time to learn and to try to, uh, the kids to love your language, whatever, to love going to your classroom. Uh, and how are they going to love going to your classroom? Is when you are excited to learn and you foster that vibe that I want to learn and I want to learn with you and I want to learn together. And let's try this and let's talk about this. So I am always trying to learn what is the best way to reach my students, that the ones that I have in front. I'm not talking about the last year students because we as teachers sometimes we go, well, last year students were much more proficient. Mm. No, I mean, yeah, it could be, but now my job is how can I reach these students I have today in front of me, not the ones I want or would like, 
not the ones uh, I had, but the ones that are here in front of me today. So, and that is our um, main uh, call as educators, I, I think. So when we understand that it is our job to serve those kids that we have in front of us, and it is our job to look for ways in which we can communicate and reach them where they are at, not at my proficiency level. If mm-hmm. I'm teaching Spanish one, I cannot uh, expect uh, grammar accuracy and because it is impossible. It is not appropriate. If I am in Spanish 5 AP, like I have done to also, I can step it up a notch, but always remembering that they are learning. So, yes, my journey in learning eh, is never ending. <laughs> and, and I love about that about my profession, our profession. I was telling to you today... Um, would you really get an operation? And I said that when I do trainings for my old district. Uh, I, I don't know when my new district, what is going to be my role apart from middle school, going back to middle school. But when I have done trainings for my old district, I've always asked this question to teachers. Um, would you have an operation surgery with a doctor that doesn't like to learn new techniques? silence yeah. in the audience right <laughs> yeah because uh the answer is obviously no and then the question is would you like your own children to be in a classroom where the teacher doesn't learn i wouldn't yeah, yeah. and we've learned so much as a profession i mean since last year, let alone the last 10 years or the last yes. 15 years or however long, you know, we've been teaching. Um, things are not the same as when I started teaching that I learned how to teach in a certain way. Like you said, students are different. We are different. Everything's different. We know more. We learn more. We do better. We keep learning. We keep doing better. And and we keep, it's just this never ending sort of process. And that's and what, what makes I love- it fun, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I, I think that th- that's what I love about you is that it's not a chore. Like, you're not like, oh, I've got to do this, read this book, learn this new course, write this new curriculum or something like that. Anytime I've ever talked to you about learning, you're so excited. You're just like, you're excited to be, you know, part of, of this, this profession and, and to be a real master practitioner of it. And so I just, I love, I love that about about you, Carolina. Thank you. And, you know, I have had so many great mentors, starting with my teacher, my professors in Argentina, that they were amazing. And they were the ones that first started putting the seeds. And, you know, like I learned in Argentina about crushing and, uh, and about all these, you know, um, uh, researchers in language acquisition. So when I came to the States, uh, I started, of course, continuing reading those but but then and you have had her in the in your podcast like Greta Langard you know like my 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 view of teaching just completely changed and improved and I wanted more and how can I get better at this 
with her. And then Stephanie is like, so the, all these mentors that when we know better, we do better, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all these mentors have been like so influential in my love of learning. You know, uh, it is really important to have good guidance in language teaching and in life. Right. But yeah. uh, it is so much, I guess, like I am so, um, empowered when I have a leader that wants to learn too. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree when somebody, and, and you know what I love what you just said there is not only, not only do you need that, but then as you learn, you're being that leader to somebody else, right? Whether it's other teachers or whether it's your students, right? That, that continual modeling of learning and, and not like, and, and I think sometimes um, people get caught up with the deficit of learning. Like, I don't know this and I have to, you know, like fill up this deficit that, that is wrong with me. And that's not what we're talking about, right? We're not talking, we're, no. you know, we're not necessarily talking about, you know, that sort of catching up or learning. But what we're just talking about is that openness to new ideas, new ways of doing things, new ways of approaching situations, new ways of approaching your students. Um, and I, to me, that's what real love of learning is all Means. about and Absolutely. problem solving. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you have kids that uh, they don't like this way, of course, I mean, and I, I'm sorry, teachers listening to me, but sometimes we have the infamous worksheet, but who likes that? Who likes that? I, I remember learning English because my, my first language is Spanish. And, you know, when I was learning English, things were totally different, you know. And you talk about, I remember there was a reader called Liza in London. So I remember it. Liza goes to London. London <laughs> is very big. So, and then I was always thinking, who cares who Liza is? Talk to me about the Rolling Stones or, you know, or, or, or some, the, the Queen or tell me about real people. I want to know. So that infamous worksheet, it is either adapted to what is relevant to student or it is not going to be, it is not going to be effective and even more, it can cause discipline problems, switch to, kids switch off, kids that drop off language programs. So for us to keep up that love of learning languages, we have to like them, what, the products that we do or, or, or the lessons that we create ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any, you know, every time you talk about students and we talk about, you know, students are different. Like, mm. I mean, I think every every teacher I've ever heard of is like after the pandemic, students are different. And that's an opportunity that we have that we're going to have to learn about how to deal with these students who are now different. Right. Um, and so I think to me, like learning for that purpose of becoming better starts with a question that I might have, right? So it might like, it might be, how do, how might I engage these students in this topic more? And if the answer is, there's no way to do it, then how do I, you know, do the same end goals and the same objectives with something else that will engage them, right? But it's all about 
asking questions um, to me in a in a way that's non-judgmental. Not like Absolutely. how can I do better? Not how can I, you know, how can they do this better? You know, but really just how might and sometimes we it is better? it is this question I have asked the kids. Mm. You know, these are our uh, clients. Like mm-hmm. so we need to keep our clients happy. I mean, and I am not saying do whatever the kids want. No. But how do you learn better? Uh, would you like to sing? Would you like to... Who would you like to talk about? Um, because those people that have no name... You know, sometimes we have these readers or, or products or textbooks or stuff that we don't know who they really are. So I want to talk about real people. They want to talk about real people. Mm-hmm. that really exists. So sometimes asking the kids, and for instance, in, in upper level classes, like my AP classes, do you think this is a good way to tackle this piece? And the kids have ideas and amazing ideas. So they say, Miss, why don't we do this? And wow, see, I learn with you every day. They have better mm-hmm. ideas than us sometimes. For sure. So I love that idea of not only asking questions of yourself, but asking questions of your students, right? And and I think what that tells me about you is, is there's something, and about all of us as learners, in order to learn, we have to be vulnerable and say, I don't know something or I could do something mm-hmm. better. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that vulnerability Um and that that kind of, you know, how you have to approach that as far as your learning goes. So first of all, I think that not being totally, you know, we are the role models. We are the the experts in the classroom. So vulnerability in the sense of I don't know and I want to do better. So when I don't know and I want to do better, that, that phrase comes to your mind. There is a lot of possibilities. Instead of being, oh my gosh, I don't know this. It, we have the library of the world in our hands, which is the internet. So we can have millions of ideas uh, that could make our lessons a little better for the kids. So that being vulnerable, uh, also in the classroom, uh, makes the student feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, for instance, I say, guys, I know, I remember, because when I learned English, speaking was the toughest part for me, and it, is, it still is. Mm-hmm. And, do, and I tell the kids, do you hear my uh, accent? I think I've lost it along the The kids say, no, you didn't. <laughs> do you hear <laughs> my <great>. accent? <laughs> yes. Do you hear my accent? Yes. Okay. And you have an accent too, speaking Spanish. And it is amazing. You know why? Because you are daring to speak it with other people. And people are not going to care if you are totally... Uh, accurate in the grammar. Uh, people are not going to care if you use the subjunctive 25 times <laughs> or they are not going to care if you use exactly that vocabulary word. They are going to care 
if you're kind, if you're respectful, if you're respectful of their culture, and if you try. Yeah. So I think that that is something that I always have in mind when when I have kids in front in front of me. Just dare to try. Like uh, me too. I promise them. You dare to try. I dare to try. I have not, for instance. They challenged me to eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich, which I had <laughs> never had in my life because it it doesn't. I I just don't know. Uh, it is not appealing to me. And they said, "Okay, but you said dare to try." Oh <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> so it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Soon, but That's so uh, funny. we cannot ask the kids to do things that we wouldn't do. And if you want, like talking, going back to learning, if we want uh, long lifelong learners, we have to model that every day. Yeah. And, and I think there is a part of not only vulnerability to saying, you know, I could probably learn how to do this better. I probably could learn how to, you know, approach this or do this differently. There's something to that. But then there's also that just like you mentioned, that that bravery to then try it, because I think that when I think about learning from I'm just gonna speak for myself, I might have a stack of books back here. I have these great books. I listen to amazing podcasts. I talk to wonderful people. And then at some point I have to get out of my head and I have to yes, do it. Absolutely. Right. And that sometimes I, you know, I think of it being like, like I could read about skydiving and I could read every book and all the parachutes and how to do it. And then, but at some point I'm going to have to stand at a door of a plane and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to have to jump and I'm not going to. And what I, what I love, what I just heard from you before was talking about opportunities because it's easy to say, but if I jump, what are all the bad things that could happen? Right. But I could go through fly? a list. Yeah. What, right. But what that's that's what I yeah, that's what I love. But what are the things that what are the great things could happen? What about that view that I could see and that, you know, those feelings I could have, right? Or or what if it works? Right. And so I think sometimes like getting out of our head and saying, I'm gonna try it. And instead of going to all the things like, oh, the kids aren't gonna enjoy it, they're not gonna be engaged, I might, you know, I'm not gonna be good at this at first, right? All those things that we are, are thought distortions that they tell us. And then, but we say, yeah, but what if it does work? What if I do? What if the students do love it? Wonder if it is engaging. Exactly. Right? And you have your first period to try. <laughs> you yeah. Know? You have your first period and say, guys, <clears throat> at the beginning of the year, you're my guinea pigs. Because if something goes wrong with your lesson, if I teach the same later on, if something goes wrong with your lesson, I try and I improve it for the next class. So sorry. So but you are, go <laughs> you are going to tell me this worked really well. This should change. So, yeah, um, it's fun. It is, it is fun. And I have a huge problem with getting out of my head sometimes I am I feel like Don Quixote reading <laughs> reading reading and going crazy yeah right? yeah which is easy to do but uh, sometimes I stop and think how can I what could be an application of this immediate application in the classroom so that is when I start writing in my little notebook uh, all the things that I could do 
Um, and yeah, you had to do it. Uh, I'm going to tell you the anecdote that I was telling you about. One time in my old district, there is a um, there is a documentary that we show with a unit of social justice and um, kids that worker kids and um, and there is a an incredible documentary that is called The Devil's Minor and it shows the situation of the children that are minors in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. And so it follows this amazing guy, Basilio Vargas. And Basilio now um, is my Facebook. I haven't met him, but I kind of have. So it follows his life and it's so hard. And, the, you know, it teaches a lot of things to our American kids, like kind of like be grateful and I think that the the, lang- the 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 language class is is a springboard for teaching not only the language but the culture, gratefulness. How can I help in my community? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Basilio, so we watched the documentary, did all the curriculum things that were suggested to us, and I didn't like it. I mean, I said, "What else? You know, like what else can I do? I cannot." end this like this Mm. so I said kids how what else can we do so the kids say let's see if we find him in social media yes so we started looking for him in social media we found him I befriended him on Facebook and then I said what if what if I make him talk to you they said nah shush you cannot make He's, you know, <laughs> let's try. What, you know, what if, what if I fall? What if you fly? So yeah. let's try. So I talked to him and he said, would you talk to my kids? Yes. So, and it did fail the first time because I remember having the full auditorium of kids. And I remember having my principal that she wanted to watch. <laughs> I, Stephanie Sipes, that was the district coordinator yeah. at that time, she was there ready to watch. And Basilio didn't show up. Oh, no. I know. Yeah. And I was so upset. I said, guys, don't, don't worry. I'm going to make it happen. But then I was doubting myself. Like, you know, it was so um, embarrassing. No, not embarrassing. I don't really. But it was like so frustrating and disappointing. Then I communicate with Basilio. He tells me, I was in the hospital. Sorry. I get oh. it. I get it. You know, he, he has a hard job. Yeah. He still is a minor now after mm. all these years. So he was in the hospital. He had a problem. I said, but let's do it. Let's do it. So I said, do I do this again or not? And you bet you I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and again, it's what if you fail, but what? So the second time it worked, there was no principal, no district coordinator, but it was my kids. And it did work. And it was amazing. It was amazing because he taught the kids. The kids taught him he showed kind of like with the phone, the, the mine where he worked. And he, now wow. that documentary was a real person for mm-hmm. a lot of those kids. I love that. And and all the things that you had to learn to kind of go through that. And I love that you were doing it together. You were learning how to do it 
with, with, the, the kids. with the students, right? With them. And I think that is extremely um, powerful. And it just really models what we really need our students to be doing as well. So yes, and I think we I shouldn't like be like I, I when I introduce myself to the kids, it is not that I am the teacher and you are not. I am the all powerful and you are not. You know, it is like that we are in this together and I will learn from you. And I do. I mean, perhaps not about Spanish, but at life and about their cultures, because where we live is a very multicultural society that it is insanely interesting. So when we have a celebration that is suggested in the curriculum for the Spanish speaking countries, I ask, does anyone want to share about their culture? And then, then we all learn something different. It's so cool. I love that. I love that. It's funny because switching topics a little bit, it, it, today we decided we're, we're just doing audio. We're not doing the video. We've been doing the video for a while. And I want to take a picture of it and put, put it of your background um, because there's so many books on that shelf <laughs> behind you. There's so many like real examples of you learning. And I'm trying to yes. like, zoom in and look at, at, look at some of the books. And what are some things that you have learned, like that have you have really kind of sought after and that have really made an impact on, you know, your, your teaching or relating to students? Are there anything on your mind that you're learning right now or that, that you have mm. that really kind of, um, you know, made a difference to you in your teaching. Yeah. Now, my own, my latest obsession is chat GPT, as I was telling oh. you before. And I was listening to your talk with Joe Dale. And I, yes. And I, because I started doing, before I listened to the podcast, I was starting playing with it. And I uh -huh. was like, oh my gosh. So what he says is so true. Like, uh, you know, for instance, we have so much work. And if we want to have time to learn, perhaps um, the chat GPT bot can do some of the work for us. Not all, obviously, yeah. because the delivery, you know, is the, one of the most important parts. You know, you can have a perfectly fine lesson, but if you don't deliver it with love, with respect with uh, enthusiasm, it is not going to be effective. So, but ChatGPT, for instance, sometimes in the curriculum in my old district, sometimes you don't have enough listening comprehension. And we know input uh, mm -hmm. precedes output. So we, we need more listening comprehension. And uh, so I asked Mr. ChatGPT, could you please <laughs> create a text? Um, novice high level about routines in Argentina. Please add four questions that are not text related. And I said, let's see what this fellow does. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he did exactly what I asked. And then the only thing, I had to tweak it, of course, because sometimes some parts were weird or they were too difficult for the kids. But the main, the main 
uh, part of the job was done, and then I just recorded it, and boom, listening comprehension for all. Yeah. That would have taken me hours and hours to write and undo. So that this yeah. is my latest obsession. ChatGPT is promising. I mean, we shouldn't be so afraid of, you know, the kids are going to do all the essays they could. But what if, what if, <laughs> what if yeah. the essays are done in front of you? Yeah. Yeah. Because what the if, kids yeah, tell what, me. Yeah. No, it's so true. Again, it's, it kind of comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. We are, you know, I think it's just our, our brains, they try to protect us from danger. Right. So we automatically go for all of the, like, what bad if this things. happens? What all the bad stuff. Right. But what if, it does it free cool. up time. What, what if, if what, cool. yeah? What if, what if it's just yeah? And what if it's the future and we're not preparing students for it? There's a lot of questions that, that we can have. One of the things you mentioned though that I think is important um, about learning, you know, just going back to kind of that theme of learning, and that is the fun, the exploration. Because like when you were talking about that, you didn't like go to eight webinars and go order five books about Chat GPT. You kind of just get in. And you just start playing with it and you tinker with it. Yeah, you explore it. You kind of, so how does that role of kind of just playing around and and just trying things out fit into how you learn things? Is that, is that what you, how you usually approach it or is that just particular to this, would you say? Well, no, no, I, that could be related to technology that I am, you know, I like technology. I, I, I really like playing with it. I, I think it is a skill that no matter what, it is going to be useful for the kids. For instance, if you make them uh, do a presentation or a video or any product, digital product, it is going to be useful for them because we think that the kids are the, you know, the digital generation and they, they are, but they don't know how to use it for academic purposes sometimes. And uh, it is surprising to me that these kids, that you say, oh my gosh, you are supposed to know all these things. And they know Snapchat and TikTok and a couple of those things, but not how to use it for their profit academically. So I think it, it is a really great opportunity as language teachers to help them figure out what that is going to look like so I don't know where the question was like look at me yeah no yeah I just I I think that that you know sometimes it's great to do a top-down approach to learning Mm -hmm, and depending mm -hmm. on the topic you know reading a book doing a thing you know making sure you try it out but sometimes you just need to hop in and try it out and and just do it (laughs) like let's just do it no like you you know uh, stop watching videos of of playing tennis just play Right, right. And you're going to be bad at it. You're not going to be perfect at it. And it's not going to look like it's going to after you do this multiple times. I think that's the other thing um, that sometimes I find myself like, uh, I might try something. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to really go into, you know, comprehensible input. I'm only going to present the vocabulary in the target language. You know, I'm going to go through this and I plan it all out. And I go to my first period and I'm like, Whoa, that did not work. I did not, you know, that was not what I thought it was going to be, right? It's not what I expected. And then I don't stop and eat and really go, do I really need to change anything or do I just need to try again? 
and just get better at it, right? Because sometimes you don't have to change anything. Sometimes you just need to kind of stick with it and keep, keep practicing, keep, yeah, keep practicing tennis so that you do get better and you will get better. Um, And and we do that with our own children. You know, it's like my son, uh, he didn't have a good game of soccer. I want to quit. I want to. No, 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 no. Do you think? And so I, I start telling him these things. You are going to get better with practice. The more you practice, the better you're going to get at it. And it is the same. It is the same with anything in life. Like, you know, sometimes when the kids say to me, I am not good at speaking. And they are, for instance, incredible athletes. I say, mm-hmm. okay, so-and-so, you are an amazing football player so if I told you I want to be a football player like you what do I have to do because right now I am a horrible football player but I want to be like you what do I have to do practice miss (laughs) yes there's no secret yeah it is just that resilience and that hope that I am not there, but I'm gonna get better. Is that yeah. hope? Yeah, that I think beautiful. that's a. I just think that's a great, a great way to put it. And again, it's you know, yes, you need to know the technical, like the rules of football, but you also need to get in there and just practice what you're doing, right? And I think that can be challenging for some of us. I mean, that are like control. <laughs> like I know what I'm the, like you said, I've positioned myself as the expert in the room. I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to look like I'm not, you know, where I should be. Right. Or I'm not doing this. And so I think that can stop us sometimes from yes. trying new things, from learning new things. And the um, kids love to see and, you know, I teach that in writing. Also, when I teach writing and I have presented this past year in writing, we cannot be the person that says, okay, here is the essay, bye, <laughs> write it. Right. We have to show them, share the struggle with them. Writing is not easy for anybody and even less an essay or a literary analysis essay. So what I have done to show them, hey, it is difficult for me and I'm the teacher and I tell them this. Yeah. I sit down with them and on, a, on the projector I start writing with them what could be a good starting of this for this prompt and at first it's silence and then I start like pushing you know like so and so well you could write a rhetorical whatever it is and we write and we tweak it and say guys this is the struggle the process yeah this is how it is it is messy it is messy and it is okay so when I think that I think that a lot of teachers uh, miss out because it is beautiful to show them how messy it is to learn. And then they are so grateful, like, oh, my gosh, that makes so much sense to me now. Because you show me your thought process. I, I really I really think that's important. Yeah. The other thing that that makes me think about is. When it doesn't matter if it's students or teachers or whoever, when we see this essay, this perfectly written essay, right? Or we see this person on social media that had this amazing lesson, or we hear about this amazing process or whatever this outcome was at a conference, and we think, 
well, I can't do that. Like that's Carolina can do that. And, but I can't do that. Or I think, oh, she's just amazing. Like she got there yesterday. It probably took her 15 oh years gosh. to master the skill. Right. And, and the, and, and so we, we have to remember not e- even the best of the teachers that we observe, whatever it is that we're looking at, that didn't happen overnight for anybody. Like there's always that process of I you know, learning and Argentina. being messy and processing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in Argentina when I first started teaching, I had the practicum and I was terrified, uh, terrified. And so much so that I decided one of those semesters, I didn't even, I don't want to be a teacher. Like, you know, I, I, I was terrified. I didn't want to go in front of a classroom. And then the next semester I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And that was incredible. So and now looking back, it's like, what a great career, you know, like you have to, it is that what if, what if it is amazing? And it, it, I think that a lot of teachers who have hard times developing relationship with students or, or making them love their discipline could be that, that they are afraid of being vulnerable in front of them, afraid of saying, okay, this is the result. This is the example, because now, and I agree that you should show them exemplars of the final products you want, but, but, we sh- I think we should go a little bit deeper into that, not only the exemplar, but the process. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think that that's that's in- and I and I think so for part of my my job now is professional development. And I mm-hmm. know you do a lot of that as well. And I think sometimes we we skip that we go to yes. the end result of what it should look like. And we don't really walk you know, teachers through what that the process of getting there. And I think that's something that myself and my team and that we're always trying to learn better of how can we break this down? How can we model it? How can we show this? Like, how can we bring this big idea, this big, you know, uh, you know, very large chunk of understanding um, that we know will help students learn? And how do we bring it little by little? How do we accept that, you know, this is the first step of this process? And then there's another step and another step um, and kind of help teachers along with that. So I think that's always an an issue when we're, we're looking at that, that we have to to be patient and break things down. Yeah, you have to remember your audience and uh, whether it is students with in a mixed ability Mm -hmm. classroom or whether it is teachers in a mixed ability Mm -hmm. classroom. um, Yeah, you had to, you know, make it visible for them. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. The last thing I wanted to ask you is what role does like reflection play on your learning and, and what you do. Is that, is that something that you formally mm-hmm. build into, you know, your practice or is it more informal? Um, how do you decide what you want to learn, what you need to learn? Is it kind of organic or is it a little more structured? <sighs> you know, like it is not structured. I just look for fun things to do with the kids. A lot of, even when I am, I am not, um, productive i am receptive in twitter on twitter i see a lot yeah yeah, i i am a lurker i i don't know sometimes how can i you know there's this big 
names in language acquisition talking and I was, I oh my gosh that is something that I have to overcome the imposter syndrome and you know and mm-hmm. perhaps participate in those conversations but Twitter has been a great professional development you know you cannot wait for your district to give you the training once a year you cannot work for your district coordinator to give you the training twice a year you have to you have to learn because it is for the kids it is for the kids so yes reflection is uh, I see it in the sense that for instance like what I was telling you with my first period didn't work with them this is what I would tweak for the next year I write it Mm -hmm. down change it next year and then it is kind of like a my lesson plans and notes and are like a living organism you know that mutate (laughs) with the passing of time and this cannot be done with these kids because x y and z or or these kids need a you know it, it depends but you have to the reflection piece i guess is that you can it is not a cookie cutter kind of lesson uh, ever ever because you have different students every year and each even each class has a different vibe and has all our classes have different personalities so with this class this could work with this class you had to tweak it a little bit so that is I think yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that brings up another another point and and then we'll kind of I, I want to get your last thoughts, but um uh, I think that also brings up the the point that everything everyone is different and you just kind of have to, you know, like you said kind of tweak and 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 adapt and learn. But if you don't keep learning, you don't have enough things in your toolkit so that you can try different things, right? And so the more you're learning, the more you're out there, you're trying things, you know, yeah, this activity didn't work. Okay, let me try this one that has the same kind of goal. Or let me try this one. Let me see if this one kind of works. Um, And and it, it, I think that to me is also part of the power of just continually adding to that toolkit. We don't have to just, you know, yes, there's big things to learn, but there's also just little things to little learn. Like things. just, just a thinking. different strategy, a quick little different game that might engage, a different way of saying the same thing, right? So there's all, you know, I don't want people to think like, oh, well, I need to learn about this big ginormous no. topic and I need to read this book and all the research. That's one type of learning. But there's That's also what? the micro learning, right? Absolutely, and yes, I was thinking the same. I don't, I don't want people to think, where does she have time? I don't. I, I am a full time <laughs> teacher. I have a family. I have everything. I have friends in it. So no, it is just like, if I like it, <laughs> and if you like it, you know. Uh, yeah. Now, if you don't like what you do, that, that, that is a different problem because the kids are going to notice it. So I like what I do. Um, but And it is not, like you said, the micro changes. Perhaps it is just introduce a game once a week. That is not impossible. Right. And it doesn't have to be like destroying your classroom. It could be a game in their little groups, something small something small. We cannot do all the things, but we can do some. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, t- so as we're kind of ha- ending, wrapping up this conversation, I, I've had a lot of fun talking with you yes. about all the different ways that you learn, the different types of things. Is there anything else you want to tell teachers about you know, this, just the importance of learning, something that you want, a tip you want to give, um, something, a resource you think that they, everybody should know about or check out. Um, is there any kind of last minute, you know, last things that you'd like to tell um, yeah, the listeners? I, you know, like um, the other day in my old district, they asked me to talk to the teachers super briefly about how I connect with the kids. And um, <clears throat> I was saying that I have a son, he's eight, and uh, I always ask myself this question, would I like my son to be in my classroom? Or suppose you don't have kids, not everyone does, and you can say, would I like to be in my own classroom? Would it be interesting to me? Would it be fun? Would it be engaging? Would I like to go back the next day and if the answer is yes then we're good then we're good because i want fun things my son wants fun things so you have to treat those kids that are in front of you as if they were your own yeah and if if you answer no maybe not every day then maybe you need maybe you want to learn more about either the student's interests or different ways to engage yeah. or kind of go back and, and start that process. And, and not just, you know, what I like what you said is it's not about judging that this is not the place I want to be. It's about no, no, the absolutely. action that you, it's about the action you take then to correct that, whatever, you know, that belief that you have. And right? there are sometimes, for instance, pandemic, like, like you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> would I like to be in your classroom, Carolina? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Be, yeah. You know. And that's um, okay. Yeah. And it's okay. But but yes, but that brings out action. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. One little change. One little change. And then you're going to, the kids are going to be happy. And that kind of, it is a circle of giving and receiving That that is all this profession is about. I love it. That's thank you. That's a great note to end on. So thank you so much, Carolina. It has been lovely chatting with you and learn you lots too. this summer. Enjoy um, your family and your time off. And I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. 